Hey folks, James Jenkins here, and you are listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. This is the first intro that I have ever recorded uh, from my phone in an ad hoc sort of fashion. The simple realities of being an amateur podcast host is that I'm really learning how to stay in front of this content calendar so we don't uh, push off the timeline of things and miss a Friday release of an episode to you guys. As I record this intro, I am here in San Antonio at the BrainShare uh, gathering with Agency Intelligence hosted by Mr. Jason Cass and attended uh, by a lot of my friends and colleagues in the industry. Uh, this has been a wonderful two days so far. We got a half day tomorrow and I am putting this out uh, to the production team at uh, 10.15 p.m. as I record this now. It's very important to me uh, that we stay on calendar with our uh, episode uh, release because a lot of people uh, really enjoy the work uh, that we are doing on Agency Freedom Podcast. So before I roll the bumper and get into my episode uh, 20 with Jeremy Powers from the great state of South Carolina, I want to ask some three very specific and simple requests of you. One is that you would subscribe to AFP on whatever platform that you are into. And the two, that if you are getting real value from Agency Freedom Podcast, that you would do us the simple favor of leaving a review. And lastly, that you would share Agency Freedom Podcast with someone who's in the captive agency world who needs to hear the content that we are delivering here in episode 20 with Jeremy Powers, as well as our back catalog going back to episode one with our intro and the first uh, seven total episodes that really lay out uh, the premise of this podcast and the foundational episodes of what we really are trying to build together. So enjoy uh, this episode with Jeremy, uh, his vulnerability, his humility to uh, pivot quickly and receive some coaching on the spot, I think is going to be valuable for a lot of our listeners. Uh, and I definitely enjoyed my conversation with Jeremy. It's, it's incredible how self-aware uh, and, and flexible he is to pivot on the spot and just deliver massive value for you guys. So thank you for listening. I'm glad to be on this journey with you. Hope you enjoy episode 20 with my friend and colleague, Jeremy Powers. Thanks. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry, those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. There is so much I wish I would have known before I made the freedom jump to the independent side. I mean, even now, I feel like I'm learning something new every single month. We're all about helping insurance agency owners and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. My team and I replaced six years of captive agency revenue in 17 months with Riskwell. 17 months, man. It's crazy. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and what I've learned along the way. We lay out a blueprint of how to make your freedom jump from captive to indie to market domination. I'm bringing you colleagues from markets across the country with dozens of different specialties. They're eager to share their stories and best practices with you. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Welcome to Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. 
What is up, Freedom Jumpers? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins, and with me today is my colleague, Jeremy Powers from Columbia, South Carolina. Is that where it is? That's right. Awesome. Well, we are going to get into a a pretty detailed, pretty tactical, strategic kind of episode because Jeremy and I just got acquainted. This is the first time we've ever been face-to-face just a moment ago. And I was asking him just some high-level questions trying to figure out, okay, what direction should this conversation go in? But Because now that we've had a fair number of interviews. I don't want this podcast to become reductive and repetitive where we follow some sort of boring formula where every interview starts to sound pretty much the same. I'm not okay with that. So uh, if you are finding yourself going, oh, there's starting to be a formula to these interviews. I don't think I like that. Well, boys and girls, we're breaking the formula today. So Uh, Jeremy is a highly qualified former Allstate agent. Uh, He is... uh, He's going to tell us a little bit about where he is in the life of his agency, and then we're just going to break it open, man. We're going to talk about (laughs) the client experience and the service side of things that Jeremy is really strong in. And then we're going to talk about some challenges of bridging the gap from being an insurance agent, um, being an agency owner, to being a business owner, like we've talked about in some past episodes. We're going to get into the weeds and challenge maybe from where Jeremy's at, where I'm at for right now in the life cycle of my agency, and hopefully you too as well. So Jeremy, thanks so much for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. been looking forward to this for, uh, what, about three weeks now. So yeah, tell good. us who you are, uh, what are you into, what's the, you know, the four or five minute intro for Jeremy Powers? Perfect. And so with this, um, do we want to give a little bit of our backstory or just where we are right now? Yeah, man. Backstory. Okay. What The mic is okay. in your hand, brother. Perfect. You do whatever you want with it. <laughs> well, well, my name is Jeremy Powers. I'm with Powers Insurance Experts. And, you know, I'm, I'm ultimately living my dream. Um, I started out and about 11 years ago. Um, I dove into an Allstate agency. I was actually working at a car dealership. I was in the medical, wanted to go into the medical field, realized working at a hospital that it was very transactional. And I just did not like not being able to have a relationship with the people that I was working with. And so I dove out and I said, hmm, what's a, what's an adult job that I can dive into? And so I walked into a car dealership and said, hey, how do you do this? And the general was like, you know, I really like you. I'll give you a job, like start tomorrow. And so I did that for a little while. And then I met an insurance agent and I was like, man, this is super professional. Like this looks like a job that, you know, I didn't think of it more than a nine to five, but I was just like, this is really nice. You know, it seems like, and then people have to have it. People don't have to have a new car. They have to have insurance. So I thought it was the easy way. And so I dove in, he gave me an opportunity. I was 19 at the time, um, about to be 20. And he, uh, he gave me an opportunity and he said, man, he, no one's ever going to buy a product from a young guy like you, but you know, very quickly we, we dove into it and started doing big things. And, um, you know, last year, right before COVID, so 2019, um, I'd been managing office for several years, and I finally took the leap of faith to open an agency. So I never was an owner. I never owned an agency. I always thought I was an owner of an agency because I was, you know, whenever um, we had to sign a contract to get the new office, I had to pretty much say that I would stay there for a certain amount of years um, as part of that because I ran so many aspects of it. But there was so much I didn't know that I would quickly find out in January of 2020 uh, about being a business owner. But we are, um, we're a primarily home auto focused agency. Um, we are um, all about, like I would say we're probably 96% home and auto 
about it. We've got a small commercial book. Um, we're about a $1.6 million agency right now. We started scratch in January of 2020. Uh, I was a single dad at the time of two girls. I'm happily married now. But, you know, I just remember when COVID hit, I had both my kids hanging off my shoulders. And uh, I remember I had just read a book called Rejection Proof, and I called you. I don't know if you remember that conversation, but you read I, you rec- I-, I looked up four agents, and those agents, one of them told me pretty much get away from me. Three of those agents have been a- amazing through the IAOA group. Uh, and then I've made some other friends along there. But I met with you. You recommended traction very early on. I would still say I'm trying to implement it. It's not my strength. But yeah. it just really helped me with my traje- trajectory, I would say. We've got a few. I've been very blessed. I've got six 1099 contractors that want to come on at this very moment. But wow. I don't. I'm not ready. Um, I have two guys that are 1099. Um, it'd be a whole different story to tell you. The first one followed me four days into becoming a business owner, and I wasn't mm. ready. But, you know, he um, – he, he, he told me to give him a chance and I did. And then we have a VA through agency VA who I tell her all the time, if I had to fire someone tomorrow, it'd be me. Um, she is absolutely the uh, uh, core ingredient to our team and she's just so wonderful. So we've got a few people and next year I'm hoping to take them to um, W2 employees now that we're growing a little bit and we can potentially start to take those leaps as a business owner. Man, that is quite the intro, brother. Hey, first thing, first thing, we really are better together in the IAOA family. Give a shout out to whoever the other two are, the other two agents that have been okay. central to your development. Just give them some love okay. real quick. Who are they? I would say one of the top ones has been Grant Botma. Um, I just think that he is outstanding. I had a chance to be on his podcast. Really, I love, I'm all about culture. I'd love to be a speaker one day. That's my ultimate goal is to change change lives through what we do. And I believe insurance is just a, an opportunity for us to start the conversation to to to, to get to know people better. Uh, and then I would say two of the other ones that have really stood out to me are going to be Chris Paradiso and then Billy Wagner. If I could just try to model my game after someone. I get Man. to go spend some time in both of their agencies. They've invited me. I'm just trying to figure out how to be able to, to take time away from this agency for just a moment to go and do that. But man, I just, I know I'm going to come back a changed man when I, when I'm able to do that. Whew. Man, you just listed three straight up rock stars, man. Uh, I, I'm right there with you in, in admiring and respecting those three men. Uh, the, the thing about Batma, just to, to pause for a second, the guy is not an insurance agent. He will tell you from the very beginning, mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not an insurance guy. But what he is, is a legitimate entrepreneur. Amen. Like he's got, I don't know, four different businesses, two-time best-selling author. And really, I think the most important part is he's got his head in the right place. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like Billy and Chris, for sure. Like faith and family first, for sure. There you go. Like you if, said business, a great thing. if business is, is the number one thing in your life, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you're doing it wrong. That's right. Uh, be, because really the legacy that we are working on is our uh, our family, our kids, our communities, the impact, whatever your belief system is, even if you're agnostic, you have some kind of a worldview uh, where you're trying to positively impact the world around you. Man, I, I think those three that you just mentioned, whew, you're not going to do too wrong following those three for sure. Well, that's one of the biggest things that I'll say really quickly and we'll move on. But that's something that was th- – this wasn't just something that I just woke up one day and I said to do. I literally would lay in bed at night and I knew that I was being called to do something different. Like I was not – and I felt so much loyalty to where I was. Uh, and it was so, – I mean I, I remember I almost threw up the day that I went and told the agent like, hey, this is – it's nothing you've done. It's just what I've been called to do. And reading that book, Rejection Proof, I just felt like the Lord – and we can talk about that here. I've heard you say in, in past podcasts. He was just like, I want you 
you to, to reach out to some people. I'm going to put people in that path with you to show you this is where I want you to be right now. And so yeah. being able to meet you and those guys and, and just to know how strong they are in their spiritual walk, it's just really nice to be in a space. I believe this is the best industry that God ever created. And just to be along the side of other people who are not only in it for the money, but they're in it to make a difference. I tell everyone that, you know, we spend more than 15 minutes with you because you're worth it. We're very anti-Geico. You know, we, we're yeah. going to spend that time. And I believe that this is what God put me on this earth to do. And I'm very passionate about it. You know, if I can make an insurance a little more fun, then that's the goal. And, and when I get to work with people like you guys who are always pushing, pushing it a little bit farther, man, it's just so much fun to be grabbing on your coattails and trying to keep up. Man, I, I, I agree so strong with everything you just said. I think it really comes back to having a really strong why. Because this, this thing that we're all doing, you know, building an agency, leading a team, uh, trying to serve our clients and build a business, it is an absolute grind sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that the, the lie that we tell ourselves on the captive side of things is, man, life would be so much easier, less stressful if I was an independent, have all these different toys to play with, all these ways to make money and blah, blah, blah. Let me just tell you, freedom jumpers that haven't yet left the captive world, it is every bit as hard in different ways on the captive side of things. So if you're thinking that your freedom jump is some sort of a parachute uh, from an overly stressed existence, it, it might be, but it could very easily be just as difficult in different ways. Hear me when I say it, your why is the most important thing. The who, what, where, when... Those are important. Of course they are. Absolutely. The carriers you represent, the people you choose to hire, the products you choose to focus on. Yeah, that's, that's for sure important. But not to get super existential here, but if your why is not strong enough to carry you through the days that suck, and I mean the days that straight up suck, where you get told no way more than you should get told no in a single day, where maybe you lose a big renewal or you don't know how you're going to make payroll this month or something just doesn't go your way with a channel partner or you have to fire someone or an employee steals from you or someone just openly disrespects you and makes you feel like crap. Those, those situations, the why, and Jeremy, I love that you're so forward with your faith, man, because I mean, this is my podcast, so I don't uh, have to be shy about it. Yeah. I mean, my faith drives most of what I do. Uh, it is a really strong part of my why. But regardless of whether your why has a major faith component or it's uh, something more, uh, you know, localized, like being a positive force in the community, taking care of widows and orphans or disadvantaged people or, or you know, the homeless guy on the corner, whatever it happens to be, that why will carry you through so much suck uh, that if you don't have it clearly defined, press pause on the rest of whatever we talk about this episode, go <laughs> read Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. And figure out what your why is. What is your why? If you don't have it defined, get it defined. And if you have it defined, then lean into it and figure out how do you deploy that why. Yeah. Sorry, I totally just no <laughs> soapboxed all over that one. Well, uh, it's just funny, really quick, because I always tell all my clients, "This is just my run." I'm always I have like several jokes that I have throughout the process because I'm always that's why my name is Choose Pie P I E, you know, because yeah. powers insurance experts. It gets someone to smile. I'm like, everyone loves pie. No one loves insurance. Let's just get together on pie, you know. And so it's uh, it's just great. But the thing I tell everyone, I put on 20, 20, 25 pounds and a lot of gray hairs for you, not me. It was a lot easier being a captive agent, but you know, it was I did this for you, and so you're welcome. No, I, that's great, man. <laughs> and that line is, is wonderful. 
Um, so from from there, we get into uh, your backstory. You said you were an Allstate agent. You told me before we started recording uh, that you felt like one of the things that you did best was stewarding that client relationship. Talk to me a little bit about what is your process? How does how does uh, Powers Insurance Agency uh, how how does that work? What, sure. When someone comes to you, what are you doing to differentiate yourself? Because when we're when we were all on the captive side, it was so hard to distinguish one farmer's agent from another, mm-hmm. uh, one Allstate agent from another, because you've got the same product, the same pricing structure, the same discounts, and they're so stinking many of you. It, it was the same way with farmers and with State Farm and all the other uh, places that all of us came from back in the day. So it's easier now to make a mark uh, from a product position, uh, from pricing, from uh, the uniqueness of your office. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. What are you doing from a client experience, from a, a level of service to distinguish yourself and your team? Sure. Well, I would say number one, we're very blessed um, that 99% of our business is referral business. Um, I, like we started at zero and yes. I had for, for two, two and a half years, I had built up a really strong, helped cultivate um, from February 2017, a BNI group from the start. Uh, nice. I know some people are not big into BNI. For me personally, um, it, it's uh, when I was a president, it just really helped me step into who I was called to be. Uh, and I took that as a, as just an opportunity to create culture and to be a leader and to really help cultivate a group and we've been as many as 70 members uh, at certain times and so we're really um really coming from that but really we i would say we have an unfair advantage because we've really built up our name in the community um and just been very blessed to get a lot of referral business but what i do is every client has my cell phone i'm a little different uh, as to where i will I've, i tell everyone you know i have a, a wife i have children and they come first but I, but at the end of the day if i had a, something happen tomorrow i wouldn't want to talk to somebody i don't know um i want to give you the opportunity i'm a text away i'm a call away i'm not going to say that please blow me up at two in the morning but i will say at 11 o'clock at night i've helped clients you know and and situations. And, I, and that's something I take pride in. And it's something that sometimes you, you know, you bite your teeth a little bit. You're like, ah, oh, like, I wish I didn't have to do this, but this is what sets you apart from that competition. And so for us, what we do is we, we, we create a video. We use Neoteric Agent, uh, which is Grant's company. Uh, really yeah. love it, but uh, alongside with Loom. And so our whole thing, we tell every customer is we're, you're the bill payer, we're the educators. And so I want to treat you like I hope you would treat me if the tables were reversed. So what we do is we tell them we're going to create a proposal. We typically rather, we rarely ever do it over the phone. We actually send the proposal because we want them to be able to watch it, to be able to pause it. I tell everyone I talk on 1.5x speed, like I listen to all my podcasts. And so I want you to be able to stop it, to be able to look, to be able to understand. But we go through every coverage and we tell a story to help understand that coverage. And I explain, this is McDonald's. This is Ruth Chris Steakhouse. Where do you want to eat? You know, if a claim happened tomorrow, I don't want you to be think you're somewhere and they bring out a McDonald's cheeseburger. Like, wait a second, this isn't what I ordered. You know, but so often in insurance, it's too late to take it back and you're getting something you never thought you paid for. Um, and so that's the one thing I do is I think we lead at the very beginning with really education and helping people understand what they're liable for as to where, like I was able to share on IOA OA the other day, we had a client that came to us and he spent almost $1,100 more for the year on a homeowner's policy than what he currently had. And, you know, for me, those are the big wins because anyone can save someone money to get someone to be able to get a product that's actually fit it 
fit to them and it's going to be there for them and help them understand the importance of this invisible product. To me, that's where it is. Now on the back end, I do want to get better. We practice that our pie promise is that we're going to, we're going to follow up with you once a year, make sure your rates are competitive. And I would say that some months we do that really great. And some months were not so great. So that's why my goal is to bring in uh, a, a salary person at the or an hourly person at the beginning of the year, whether that's my wife, um, as we're expecting in February, if she's going to start to come maybe and, um, and kind of help out and get on that because she's got a wonderful voice and pe people would love her. Uh, but we, I want to get better about the back end. We do a good job of being there for the customer, but I would say that we can still get so much better. But also to me, that's so amazing because I really feel like we're blessed and we're doing well. And I, I believe that we're only at about 2% of our potential. 2%. 2%. I really do awesome. believe that. I know it sounds crazy, but I think that we're barely scratching the surface of what, what we've, what we could do. One of those things that we talk about in traction and you've heard about, uh, for me in, uh, some of the, the, the lead in episodes, the tactical, uh, side of the approach here is figure out where you're going, figure out what the direction you're going is. So I would say, okay, you're 2%. Uh, and the, forgive me if I sound like I'm your coach because I'm not at all. This is me just thinking out loud when I hear you say 2%. I'm like, okay, cool, awesome. Jeremy, that means you're going to 50x your agency. So you're at 1.6. Uh, that means you are a $77 million agency at your capacity. Cool. If that's where you're going, awesome. Let's figure out how we get there. Let's reverse engineer that thing. How long are you from $77 million in premium? Which, in you know, that means... For most of us, that's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 or 13, 14 million dollars in revenue. Cool. All right. Well, let's take that 2% statement. Let's reverse engineer it and put legs to it so it's no longer a hope and a dream. It's a goal. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people, myself included, need to be reminded of regularly. Uh, that I forget who it was that said it, but uh, a goal is a dream in work clothes. Um, whoever it was that said that. I love that phrase because hopes and dreams are okay, I guess. I, I guess they're okay. I would much prefer it to be a goal. Sure. Uh, even if it's aspirational, even if it's something that's not realistic in a, in a now time frame, what was it going to take you? 20 years of hard work to get to $77 million in premium? I have no idea, but I do know you're a lot more likely to get there if you figure out exactly what the very specific goal is and then reverse engineer the how and the why to get there you know, hiring the right people along the way in your team, bringing on the right uh, consultants uh, like a fractional CFO, uh, like someone to help with, uh, with strategy and overall, you know, process management and optimization of different workflows inside your office, like we've done with Mick Hunt and Premier Strategy Box. I haven't said that name on this podcast yet. Um, sorry, Mick, if I wasn't supposed to name drop you, but uh, we've been extremely happy with Mick and Gina and Mark and the team over there just helping us put something specific in place so our hopes and dreams look a lot more like goals. So, man, I love hearing you say 2% of your potential. Uh, I, that's really my thing is, okay, let's figure out how do we make that 2% to 100? How do we get from here to there? And what does that look like incrementally? You know, this quarter, 
this month? What does it look well, that's like something a, that a year I rec- from now? What I really respect about you is that I really feel like, you know, I have a good per- – I always tell everyone, I can fire everyone up to charge hell with a water pistol, but I'm going to forget what day we're going. You know, I mean, that's my thing yeah. is that, you know, like I feel like the motivation and getting, you know, the team and to be able to have 1099 contractors that are willing to come in and say, hey, I'm going to leave my job as a mechanic just because you see something in me and, and do and then do really well. You know, but for me, it's the it's the – it's the processes. It's the it's the setting those goals. Like I, all that looks so awesome to me, but it's like a foreign language, you know. And I'm just trying to figure out how can I get this going well enough to where I can start to focus on that. But uh, it's seemingly becoming like, hey, you're just gonna have to somehow learn how to do both at the same time. You know, I think the concept of time management. Uh, a lot of people throw that around. Oh, I need to get better at time management. You don't manage time. Time manages you. And we have the same 168 hours at 7 times 24 for those of you counting at home. 168 hours. You don't do time management. You do activity management. And whatever you choose to do, however you choose to spend your time, even if it's just chilling on the couch with a beer in your hand watching Netflix with your special someone, whatever it is, be intentional about it. So if you recognize, hey, you're feeling the crunch right now, uh, with your six 1099s, you don't feel like you have enough time to invest in yourself and your leadership capacity. And you out there, Freedom Jumper, uh, listening, you probably feel the same way. I know I certainly do. My struggle is different than Jeremy's. It's different than yours. But you better believe I have my own struggle in f- trying to figure out how do I fit all of this stuff in today, this week, this month, this quarter. How do we make sure the important stuff gets done? I tell you, the only way I know how to make sure it gets done is if I put it on paper and I say, this is going to get done by this time. You know, this this must happen today. This must happen this week. You know, on Friday afternoon, you pick a time on Friday, I can tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing at that time because it is already mapped out. Now, obviously, there's going to be some changes that come in because a phone is going to ring and an email is going to hit the inbox and something is going to change between now and Friday. But with relative certainty, I know what we're doing here. So uh, that when I hear you say that you're strapped already, and I'm thinking, yeah, me too. How do I get not strapped? Well, let's just be intentional about that. Yeah. Uh, And choose the activity that is your best use of your time. Because as the executive man, your time, and you know your team may not want to hear this, your time is worth more than their time. You should not be doing stuff as the boss that should be delegated or automated or terminated uh, to someone else on your team. Uh, so, by the way, Jeremy, I'm talking to freedom jumpers out there. I'm not talking just yeah. to you. No, that's uh, great. That's great. I'm going back to that podcast that you played. That, well, that was like two weeks ago where you kind of brought those up. And so I really I'm, I'm going back to listening to that in my head while I'm cutting grass. I felt like I was cutting grass for a moment. Man, let me just say, anytime I get in coach mode, I am talking to myself first. I don't ever sure. want to seem like somebody listening to this thing is like, man, he sure is high on himself. No, being all telling us how to do everything. Mm-mm. Now, let's be clear. When Anything that I'm doing in coach mode, I am the first student. I am preaching to myself going, James, you need to be better at these things, uh, yeah. just like everybody else out there is. So uh, I, I know sometimes it can seem Oh, well, I'm a podcast host, so I've got it all figured out. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> my wife can definitely tell you that is not the case. My team <laughs> will certainly tell you that's not the case. So uh, the whitewashing on Facebook, or I should say the, the what is it, the rosy colored glasses on Facebook? 
everybody who tries to act like everything's perfect knew it is definitely not. Um, so anyways, to, to go back to what we were talking about, because our time is off of that section there. Uh, we're, gosh, we're already 23 minutes into this thing. We better, we better get more disciplined. You and I talk for a living, so we're going to have to stay on course here. That's it. So uh, talk to me for just a second. You mentioned Neoteric Agent. Love the video quotes, man. I think that is such an easy way uh, to be refreshing to the prospect. Uh, we are very big fans of Advisor Evolved for the website. Uh, they have quote vids. It's baked into the website thing. But Neoteric quote vids, they perform the same task, both at a high level from what I've seen. Um, so I'd love to you to just run me through the rest of your tech stack. I know there was a few vendors that you wanted to point out as being really central to who you are and, and the way that you operate as an agency principal. So why don't you just run me through your list real quick and we can unpack some of that. Sure. I've been with Agency Zoom since about 2017. I tried to make the move, and this is no no hard for them because I know you use them as well, but I tried to make the move to better agency. And when I called to cancel agency zoom, you know, Mo is one of the guys there that I've worked with for years. And he was like, Hey, mm -hmm. like, what are you trying to do? And he was actually able to show me how they, it is actually was way more flexible to create the things that I really wanted to create with them. And so mm -hmm. I ended up staying with agency zoom. I think better agency is an outstanding platform, but for me and my agency agency zoom is what my staff wanted to stay with. And so what we ultimately did, and I, that was a moment for me where I had to go back to him and say, Hey, I'm sorry. Like I'm made a mistake and I'm very transparent with my with my guys when I do something wrong or I make a mistake like hey I wasted some of your time I wasted some training but hey you know I'm just just did that to show you I'm not perfect you know but yeah. uh, you know so I, I love that but then we use fetch underwriting if you guys don't use fetch or well, Trey check um, he has an absolutely awesome um, company is out of Florida. I don't know if you guys have access to it yet, but it's um, Texas it's, and Florida, yeah. I think are the only two states okay. that are currently active. And so we're uh, beta testing it. And so it's been great here. I love awesome. it. Love it. Well, is it um, maybe it's South, it, is it South Carolina or is it, cause I know there's only two or three states. Well, Trace is going to be a guest on the podcast. He's Florida. I told him to reach. He should reach out to you. Actually, I think that was what I did. And that did. one day yeah. we were doing, yeah. He, so he and I was, connected. He's going to be on great. the show in a couple of weeks. Yep. So we're helping to beta test it here in South Carolina, helping to get all the underwriting notes. And I would tell you, if you are an agent, it's not in your state, just get his email and just do like I did and just send him email after email after email, just telling him, hey, I want to be a part of this. And then finally, he'll get tired of it and you'll become friends and then you'll get to beta test it. So we are, um, we're really excited. Uh, we've done a lot of legwork to get them what they need, but super cool company. It's going to make my, one of the things that scared me about going independent, because for me, I'm not just trying to write a policy and make money. I want to take care of my client. And fact, is going to help me to be able to have multiple carriers and actually understand all the ins and outs of them easier from the start. Uh, we use Easy Links, which um, it's a necessary evil. Um, we use Send Out Cards. That's something that we actually use that a lot of people I never hear talking about it. Huge fan of it because um, we can send out brownies. We can send out the cards. Every time we make a sale, every time that a client's coming up to renewal, even on certain clients when we do a quote, we will actually send out a Send Out Card. And it's very much my VA does these for me. We'll take a client that's looking to purchase a home and we know that we have a good chance to land it. We'll send a picture of that house and say, congratulations on your new home. We can't wait to, we can't wait to be your agent. Uh, you know, and so we actually really take it a step farther and we, and people share those on social media. It's another reason that we get a lot of traction is because we're very intentional uh, mm. and that allows us to be that way. But Neoteric Agent, Loom, uh, Microsoft Suite, we, and we do have an IT professional that manages all of our stuff and our website domains to make sure that we are um, staying safe. I guess you would say. So. Yeah, man. The, the outsourcing to the very qualified professional 
the whole concept of stay in your lane agency principle. Stop dabbling in stuff you have no business doing. You want your clients to treat you like a legitimate professional and trust you to do your job and not go online themselves and buy their policy at insert insurance website here at some direct channel. Uh, then why are you doing that in your own agency uh, with a bunch of vendors that are uh, a lot better qualified than you in certain things like IT, for instance, like uh, fractional CFO? You know, I, I did some some quick math here a couple of weeks ago, we're spending more than five grand a month on outsourced uh, regular commitments to highly qualified professionals that help me do my job. And at first you're like, five grand a month? Well, that's like 20% of your total revenue in, in, a, in, a, in a given month. Or, you know, I, 15, I guess. Uh, why are you spending that much money? Because my best use of time is to be the agency principal and to do everything I can to stay in that highest and best use of every hour. It really just comes down to time value of money. So like for you and your IT guy, could you set up a router? Yeah, of course you could. Could you set up a wireless network and security protocols for your, uh, for your office? Could you troubleshoot a computer in your office? I'm sure you could. But how much is that going to cost you uh, in time? And what is the value of your time? Now, you've been a regular listener for a while. Have you done the exercise? Do you know how much, how much one of your hours is worth? No, that's the, that, yeah, for me, I've, I've tried to sit down and do it. Then my kids tell me not zero. So, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> dang, you know, so, no, it's, uh, I, 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 that's the, those are the things, once again, I have good intentions, but I never, you know, good intentions are pointless if you don't actually pull, pull through on them. So I've sat down and get started in this and then I'll just, you know, ooh, a bird and I go off in a different direction, you know, so it's just my weakness, but I, I definitely know that. That's why I made the investment on the VA. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I didn't bring them up. Agency VA, uh, outstanding. I'm really working to get them in with Smart Choice right now. So if you're a Smart Choice agent and you use Agency VA, I've got a, an opportunity to potentially partner with them on a higher level. I'm really hoping. I love Smart Choice. I love my cluster. I've been fortunate to be, you know, in our magazine and stuff because I'm a big believer and um, I just think they're awesome, the people that I work with. But Agency VA is where I made that spin. I paid them more than I paid myself of whatever. Mm. I made that higher, but I know what I'm not good at. I'm not good at getting documents signed and this, that, and the other. And, you know, for me, I needed someone who loved that. So I did the disc assessment with my VA, made sure they were going to fit. We were going to mm. mesh because I think those kind of things aren't, they're not ultimately everything, but I think they're very important. And it's okay that you and someone don't get along, but you need to know that. Um, yeah. You need to know where they're good and, and where they're not. That's why she does our send out cards. That's why she does all the documents. That's why I do all the selling. She would have a stroke if I told her she needed to sell a policy tomorrow. I would have a stroke if she told me these 20 sets of documents. I needed to, you know, set them up to get DocuSign. So, you know, I spent oh, about yeah. 45 to 50 hours training her and she is a she is the bomb. And I think that you've got to be willing to invest. I'm going to say this to you, VA people really quick. Invest in your VA. She is an important part or he is an important part of your office, just like someone that's working there. Invest in your staff. Invest in your v VAs. The People nowadays want to be appreciated more than money. And I think that that's something that agencies forget is that one of the core principles of me starting my own business is wanting to make other people feel 
the way that I wish I would have. I would still be where I was if I felt like in every way, shape, or form, I was being validated for what I brought to the table. And that's my ultimate goal, which is why we have a path to ownership at our agency is because I want these guys to, I want them to experience what I wish I would have had. I just don't get too far away from remembering why you did what you did, if that's a reason, just because you become the owner, because I feel like that happens way too often. Dude, you just keep throwing out the good advice, man. Yes. So, I mean, all I'm going to say in that regard is the whole disc assessment personality profile, like figuring out who your people are, you know, are they dominant? Are they an influencer? Are, you know, where do they fall in their communication style in how they manage conflict? How do they like to be praised? If you want them to feel really good and affirmed, are you just handing them cash money? Are you giving them extra vacation time? Are you praising them in front of their peers? Are you giving them a gift of something that you know they would like, but probably not buy for themselves because they're frugal? Great advice there, dude. I love it. Um, this is uh, it's 31 minutes in right now. It is a perfect time for a commercial break. So go ahead and roll that commercial and we'll come right back for the second half. Hey, Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. All right, Freedom Jumpers, thanks so much for uh, joining me in this conversation with my friend and colleague, Jeremy Powers, Columbia, South Carolina. We're in the middle of a great conversation uh, talking about the client journey and how to deliver a unique experience. And then you know, more recently, in the last couple of minutes, we've been talking about uh, properly valuing your time, the process of going through uh, you know, selecting and figuring out what do we do in-house? What do we put to a VA? What are we doing with an outside vendor, uh, like a, a consultant or a service that we pay into? Uh, when, when you, you, you said smart choice and I don't have that much familiarity with them. Um, give me just a second here because we talked about SIAA uh, with, um, with Grayson on the episode that hasn't aired yet. Uh, by the time people are listening to this one, it will already be out there. But I'd, I'd love to take a second uh, to give them some props. You said you're really happy with Smart Choice. Uh -huh. I don't have any real uh, experience with them. I want to make sure that we are well-rounded in uh, sure. the companies and the perspectives that we put in front of our listeners. Can you give me you know, 90 seconds on why Absolutely. you chose Smart Choice coming out of your Allstate practice and why you're happy with them right now? 
I would say one of the top reasons is just loyalty. Um, they, uh, Rick from Smart Choice, and I'll shout him out, but Rick, Angela, the whole team there, just just amazing. And my agency, I tell Angela all the time, she's, she helps me out with commercial. I'm like, my agency wouldn't survive without you. She's just so amazing. And that's one of the things I love is that they've all been there for a while, which you're not going to stay somewhere that you don't feel appreciated, that you can't get behind, at least with personalities like they have. But what I really liked about it and where, where I'm very different is I didn't have anything to sell. When I when I purchased an agency, you know, I was a manager and I made enough to to get by and have a little bit extra. But you know, when uh, when going through that season of life, it's been a lot. You know, I didn't really have all um, everything that I needed to just say, okay, well, here's a hundred thousand dollars, Goosehead, or you know, whoever company may be, um, to let me open up an agency. The one thing that I really loved about um, about smart choices that they did they required this much zero up front nothing and so but what it is is that it's a contract split they help you get a lot of great contracts Uh, and then what you can't get fortunately i was able to get a lot because i was able to get interviews with the carriers and and make a statement i tell everyone all i want is a chance to dance it's my job to do the salsa and so i did the salsa and i got the contracts that i wanted and i was very thankful for that and they set me up with that stage but you know i'm already capped with them they've told me i'm one of the fastest that's capped so for me it's been really fun because once you get to that, there's no more split. You pay a small monthly fee and then you're good and you're part of their bonus. You're part of all these other things. And you have a core team of people that are like, Hey, like, you know, I'm now about to be nationwide appointed with everything. And, and they only, only because they came to me and said, Hey, like, we really think that you should get this. This is why. And so they're looking out for me as well. Um, so I would just say for those agents that don't have two, $300,000, like me, you come in with $0, but you just have a will to win. Uh, and you have a desire to succeed and like you're willing to just grind, then smart choice is so great because you don't have to make that initial investment. They only take a percentage of what you sell with them. Like, and you're able to go get your own outside appointments. My progressive appointment and one or two others are completely obtained on my own. And I get a hundred percent of that. So for me, it worked out extremely well. And I'm just so blessed and, uh, to be a part of smart choice. I really feel like they're a part of my family. No, that's a that's a strong uh, strong statement there, man. Uh, I like I said, I, I don't have any firsthand experience with them, uh, so I I'm always glad to hear when someone has a a good experience. Okay, so one of the things I want to spend some time talking about. You and I discussed this before we started recording, uh, just as we're setting up the where is this conversation going to go, and, and I asked you a couple of questions about uh, the whole transition from being a, a core team member at a, a high quality captive agency to going and launching your own agency, but then taking the next step. And we've talked about it several times on AFP, uh, the value of being a business owner first and an insurance agent, an agency principal second. And you, my man, you were humble enough to say, you know what? I haven't totally figured that part out yet. Uh, and I will say as I've documented on this podcast, I don't have a background in business either. Uh, I have learned in the school of hard knocks uh, this whole process with Riskwell of you know the first year it was literally just survive and write as much business as you can and figure out the rest later. We made it through the first year. We wrote just a smidge over a million in new business premium uh, in that first year, and it was nothing but hair on fire. Write as much as you can, as fast as you can. Worry about agency standards. Worry about niches. Worry about all those other things later. And then we get into the second year, and I realize, oh, wait, we've got a real problem here. 
our, our growth has been fantastic, but we don't have well-documented systems and processes. More importantly, from a business ownership side of things, we're not exactly sure how much money we're making. Uh, we made a, a, a good amount and the profit was okay uh, the first year, but I didn't know how much it was. If you asked me, hey, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your gross profit? What's your EBITDA? Uh, what's your operating income? And these basic you know, business 101 sort of terms, I have no idea. And I think that is an absolute epidemic in the captive world because the entire six years that I was a farmer's agent, my revenue was based on um, that report that was drawn uh, in, in the folio. Uh, they called it folio. It was just the farmer's folio. It's where all of your commissions, uh, it was usually about five days behind uh, what whatever was actually being written. But you ran your reports based off of the folio. And I didn't have QuickBooks back then. I didn't have an accountant. I didn't have a bookkeeper. I have no idea. So when, when, <laughs> when you said uh, what you said earlier, I'm sitting here going, well, man, uh, maybe it's a good idea to just uh, run Jeremy through a couple of, of quick exercises of, hey, here is how you can establish uh, where you are. Uh, and you, you, I love the, the humility, man, because uh, you're coming in from a, hey, let's just talk shop and break bread and, and figure out uh, something useful for you first as a participant in this conversation and for the listener second. I love that you're selfish about it because this is one of those situations where uh, I'm a, a, a blind guy helping another blind guy find some bread uh, to use that analogy. Uh, but the best way that I know of to go from being an agency principal to being a business owner is to recognize where your skill set uh, stops, recognize where your time stops, and then utilize either resources that are available to you through uh, your network uh, if you're in an aggregator or a cluster, you know, having conversations with the people that are uh, helping guide and direct you. If you're fully independent, then getting out uh, and reaching out to an accountant, a bookkeeper, someone who is familiar with the independent insurance industry uh, is, is incredibly important. But when you're looking at going, uh, how do you practically go from the captive mindset where all you're doing is counting premium and commissions? You're not really paying that much attention to loss ratios, uh, profit sharing bonuses, contingency, whatever. I think the most important thing is that you are engaging with a bookkeeper and an accountant first, uh, that you are using some kind of tracking for what do you have coming in the front door? What do you have going out uh, the back door? And, and what's in the middle? Uh, before insurance, uh, when I was in charge of uh, a restaurant, when I was in charge of a team at a call center, uh, the phrase managing the middle is really important because that's really where the, the sausage gets made, uh, as the saying goes. You can make all the money in the world, but if you're not keeping any of it, it doesn't matter what your top line shows. So I think step one is getting someone uh, to help uh, make a sense of things, getting your basic financial reporting in order. If you don't have a bookkeeper and an accountant that is giving you monthly, quarterly, annual reports on your, uh, your P&L, your income statement, your balance sheet, and if you don't have an expense log and you don't have it categorized, for one, how are you doing your taxes if your expenses aren't categorized correctly? But two, are you doing your taxes yourself? Unless you're a CPA or you've got a business in accounting or finance background or something, the owner of the agency should definitely not be doing their own taxes. 
100%. Uh, if you're doing your own taxes, I would challenge you to stop that immediately. Uh, you should be outsourcing the bookkeeping and accounting to a qualified professional because your time is worth more in your business than doing the taxes. So uh, any, anything uh, there, Jeremy? This is a dialogue, supposed to be dialogue, yeah. not you know <laughs> hey, me great. just monologuing here because uh, I definitely welcome your feedback in your process. You said you've got $1.6 million in premium. I asked you about revenue, and you were self-aware enough to say, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, we pay the bills. We put away about six grand. You said you put away on a monthly basis, which is really strong, man. First off, bravo to you for that. That is fantastic. It's uh, by the grace of God. I tell everyone, I look back, I have no clue how we made it. I'm telling you, it's literally just, it's the grace of the Lord, and I'm just very thankful. But we're, we're, um, you know, that's the thing is we've, we've worked really hard to, like, we negotiated our rent. You know, I use, I'm a very, I try to use my um, never split the difference tactics. I try to use in every aspect that I can. Yeah. And, um, you know, Chris Voss taught me a lot. And so the thing is, is that, you know, I, I did try my first year to manage a lot of that stuff, especially the bookkeeping myself. I think I scanned, like, one receipt the entire year. Um, um, but luckily, I was able to. I kept them all, so I was able to go back and get a lot of that fixed. I do have a buddy who actually manages the books for my church. He has started a little company, and he manages my books now. Does a great job. He fusses at me when I don't send him receipts, and so mm. he keeps me accountable. I think in life, accountability—that's one of the things I'll quickly take a step off and say. That's one of the hardest parts about being an agency owner is you don't have accountability. Um, that's why I strongly recommend a coach, someone like I love coming on things like this where I have to check myself, is because there's no one I'm accountable to. I could just. Everyone says good job when you're making paying the bills, but they don't really know if you did a good job or not yeah. but i have a bookkeeper and i have an accountant thank goodness my only fear with my accountant he's wonderful he's amazing but he's asked me some questions where i'm like man should i get an accountant that's insurance focused uh that's one of the things as i grow i'm a little nervous that is he doing everything in the best interest of an insurance agency but as an accountant he is phenomenal he's outstanding and i'm very thankful i'm just really nervous because yeah. one day i'm scared i may outgrow him uh, and that is something that does scare me a little well, bit. Well, this, this is a, a very good point because I'm in the middle of learning this myself. I'm sitting uh, for the CPCU classes, the Chartered Property and Casualty Underwriter, uh, have uh, completed the CIC and the CRM designation, Certified Risk Manager. I'm three classes into my CPCU right now. And one of the things they're talking about, it's, it's called the beast is what it's commonly referred to. It's CPCU 540 uh, finance and accounting for uh, insurance uh, industry, basically. It, it's just talking about structurally how different the insurance industry is because the entire concept of assets and liabilities and equity uh, is different when you're dealing with premiums that may not be yours yet. The difference between earned and unearned specifically earned premium versus written premium, that if you're not taking very good care of that balance, you could be headed for a very nasty surprise in the future and potentially you know, financial calamity or bankruptcy if you're not managing uh, the difference between uh, written premium and earned premium, if you're not ready for chargebacks, if you're budgeting for uh, contingencies and profit sharing. For God's sake, please don't ever budget for those. They are not guaranteed, and it's really easy <laughs> to lose those those uh, those extra dollars. Um, so, to go along with what you just said, I think it's incredibly important that whoever you're working with for bookkeeping and accounting has a good understanding of the way the insurance industry works, um, because if they, if they don't, they're going to treat you like a normal business, and an insurance agency is definitely not a normal business. The way your economic model works 
is very different than uh, a restaurant on the corner. You know, typically you have cost of goods sold. You have uh, what are called SAG cost selling and administrative and general expenses. Uh, you have to pay payroll. Uh, you have to pay the light bill. You have uh, your tax and all the other expenses. But then on top of that, you also have uh, acquisition cost. Uh, you have potential chargebacks. You have the cost of maintaining all of your things inside of, of your agency, all those tech stack things. Uh, but you you have the possibility of placing a fee on an account if you're writing a surplus policy and your state allows for it. The revenue model for an insurance agency is incredibly unique. If you took you know 50 different businesses from 50 different industries, the insurance agency would stand out as as a, an odd duck, uh, as the weird one. So as, as we are uh, cruising towards the finish line in this episode, uh, I would say it's super important that you are getting a bookkeeper and an accountant and that you are reverse engineering your revenue. And as we talked about in some other episodes, you got to figure out what is working from a financial perspective. Uh, if I gave you $100,000 and said, you have to uh, deploy this capital in your agency in the next 30 days. You can market, you can advertise, you can't hire, you can't buy internet leads. You have to use this to market or advertise your business. Right off the top of your head, do you know your best lead source, where your highest close rate, your most profitable accounts come from? Are you figuring out what line of business you're most profitable in? What is your average revenue per account, per line of business? Do you know what your density is, the number of policies per account? Do you know what your monoline percentages are? If you, you're using Agency Zoom or a, a similar high-quality CRM, a lot of this stuff can be exported from your CRM. But from a cross-sell perspective, how much unrealized in, uh, revenue is inside of your book right now? hundred percent. There's, there's, I would say there's a good bit, you know, of, especially if we could get more into the life or a little tiny bit into the financial side of it, but absolutely our, all of our monoline policies, you know, that we do have from, uh, and all we, we definitely, um, we, we kind of did a little bit like what you said and you kind of, everyone says, I would ask everyone, what are the three things you wish you would have done? And everyone says, don't write bad business. And so you kind of like, you kind of don't listen to that at the very beginning. You're like, yep. yeah, they, I, you try to find the good in someone. Yeah. What I really like is this is maybe something that you talked about. It's how you kind of have a great scale. Um, I was really looking at your website. I do think you have a phenomenal website. I, I absolutely love it from the very start um, that I started checking it out, but it's kind of like you guys have a grading system and it's like, Hey, we'll write you, but you have to get to this level. Like, you know, you have to, you have to get to, the, or maybe it was either you or someone else but like they like it's kind of like they have a grading scale and it's like hey this is what we're looking for is our ideal client and yeah. um you know we'll give you an opportunity but i think that we really need to dial into that um a lot better now i would say most of what we write is what we want but we do write uh, a lot of what we don't um as well not a lot but some of what we don't what we wish we could say no to but it's because the person referring it is someone we value and yeah. we don't want to let them down in a sense so we just need to find a good referral partner for that and let it go well i i gotta say the you hit the nail on the head right there, my man. And we have agency standards for sure. We have what we call the client quality index, the CQI, and it is a grade scale, A, B, C, D, F. There's a qualitative measure for each major line of business, personal, commercial, REI, real estate investor. And there's a quantitative measure. It is literally just the size of the account, 
the amount of revenue, the density on the account, how many policies are we writing for them. Uh, and we have grades of uh, A, B, C, D, and F. And everybody starts out as a C. Everybody starts right there, that 70 student, you know. And then you go up or down uh, from there. And our goal is that we are 80% in the A's and B's. We're okay with some people that just don't meet the, the expectation because like you, we are almost exclusively uh, referral based. We don't buy internet leads. Uh, we don't have you know SEO or, or advertise in the newspaper or anything like that. But the, the C's and D's and F's are going to be a part of every agency. You can't get away from them because the C's and D's and F's just find you. Uh, there's a bell curve for a reason. You know, even if you're three standard deviations out from the middle of the bell curve, there's there's still accounts that fall in that category. There's always going to be D's and F's. Now, is the level of service the same for the D's and F's? No, absolutely not. Do you mind if the D or the F leaves you and goes somewhere else? No, you probably celebrate and have a party at your office that so-and-so <laughs> yeah. left. Um, but an anyways, to your point, yes, absolutely. It is critically important to have the... Uh, some kind of a rating system in inside your office where you have some kind of a standard of knowing who are my great clients, who are my okay or good clients, and who are the people that we do not want to attract. That you, you, you don't market to, you don't ask for referrals, you don't ask for a review because you really don't care what they think. Absolutely. So. Well, I know this is getting to an end. I want to say two quick things. Number one, thank you for taking the leap. Uh, and I know your time is valuable to do this. I know that when I was new into the industry, one of the biggest things that I would say is I wish there was like a new agent playbook. And I believe that you are doing your best version of that. And I really, I would say from ca a captive agent who took the leap a little bit after you, I'm, I'm very thankful, but not just for me. Like my goal is I've earned so much from IOA, just so much knowledge that if I could ever give something back, I just hope that God would allow me to have have saw like wisdom in some area uh, to where I could just do that somewhere in, in this industry to give back in a way. And you're doing that. I'm super thankful that I had the opportunity in the smallest way to hopefully share just even humility and that it's okay to not be okay um, as an agency owner. And you just got to keep getting it and keep going and, and keep fighting for it. But the one thing I will selfishly ask is that if you're listening to this and you've made the leap, I am really wanting to get into commercial a little bit more um, as we grow in the next year. And I would love someone who has that humility and willing to talk about it because it's terrifying to me. You're one lawsuit away from losing your agency. I almost feel like in, even over E&O or something or your reputation, which I think is very important. But for me, someone who's very good, I, I would, I'm not being uh, arrogant. I said, I feel like I really do. I love what my craft, I love what I do on the personal side. And, and I would love to see be able to transition some of that or be able to build a team up in that commercial side. But how do you take that leap from, I don't have any of this product, I don't know any of this knowledge, and, and I'm going to be a rookie again. What is the best way to, to dive into that? What's the best, the honest playbook in a way to say, I want to get better in this because everyone's saying in 10, 20 years, if you don't know more about this, you might not exist anymore. Well, that's great. And, and I hear it, but how do you chase that light while keeping your agency still afloat? That is something that selfishly I would love uh, to find the person, which you're a little bit of that. You talk about it from time to time, but I, I feel like there's so much more unknowns. It's like A, B, F, you know? And yeah. so I'm just, I'm just trying to understand that better because I know that it's something I need to put my eyes on. Well, man, I love the attitude that you're taking here uh, in this episode. And I think for a lot of people listening, it's going to be really refreshing because you are so relatable, man. And, and everybody that I've had on as a guest, every single one of them is a lot further down the road from me 
That's for sure. I have learned a lot from everybody, starting with Jerry Connery in episode nine, all the way through to Grayson uh, in the episode that hasn't aired yet, episode 18. Um, that the attitude that you've brought to this conversation is so refreshing uh, because I'm right there with you, man. I'm only two and a half years into this. Uh, there's a lot that I'm still very much trying to figure out. Um, as far as commercial, we we do a good job of commercial in really three specific areas. And for for someone such as yourself who's trying to figure out, okay, what's the first bite of the apple? What's the first bite of this apple? Where? How do I get started on eating this elephant? Uh, to mix all of my metaphors into one bucket. Uh, what I would say is ask yourself the questions of where am I going to find the right niche? Pick one thing. And I'm stealing from my future episode here. I know I am because we're already going to have a conversation about how to pick your niche and how do you get started with with commercial and being in, in a niche. And it is really as simple as identifying the three things that you have to have in your niche. One, you have to have some existing level of familiarity or interest. If it's a hobby you're into, if it's a previous career, if it's something you enjoy talking about, enjoy being involved in, if that's going to be your niche, you're going to spend a lot of time uh, in that vertical. So you really have to like it intrinsically outside of an insurance context. The second is, is there enough volume in that niche to get you to a good finish line? Now, five years from now, 10 years from now, uh, what does the finish line look like? For instance, uh, if you wanted to be super specialized and go after uh, you know, professional liability for hunting guides in Utah, where you're the insurance expert for uh, private hunting guides in the state of Utah, I'm totally just making something up off the top of my head here. I'm trying to find something really obscure. But that would be a good example of something that, in my opinion, would be a terrible niche because there's not enough volume of sure. private hunting guides in the state of Utah. Uh, and so that would be number two. And the third one is, where's the premium coming from? Are you going to have revenue here? And the best way to get revenue is, do they own their building? Do they have vehicles? Do they have... Uh, enough employees that they have a, a lot of payroll and there's good work comp premium. Aside from that, you're going to be digging into, do they have professional liability E&O exposure for their industry? Do they have a lot of data exposure? Is cyber liability and data breach going to be something that they care about? Uh, all of these questions of figuring out which vertical should I go after? Uh, that I think is really important and yes, I straight up stole from my future episode with that content. So Jeremy, dang it, you pulled it out of me, an episode uh, at, here at the end of this episode. So uh, for those of you that listen to this and then you're listening uh, to a later episode talking about how to break into commercial, well, you're hearing it twice in two different flavors. I will try to find unique content later. Uh, we can unpack that together. But um that, that, I think, is probably the, the ribbon on this episode. We are coming right up at an hour here. Uh, Jeremy, anything else you want to share before we leave? Any, any parting thoughts? I would just say that, you know, the same thing of find your why. Like, 
you know, there's a reason we do this, guys, and we're, we literally impact people's lives. You know, you, you have an opportunity every time you talk to someone to have some kind of an impact. So just be different than everyone else around you. Be the, be the person that you'd want to deal with if the phone uh, call were being answered, you know, by someone else and you were the, you were the person buying the product. I believe in you guys. I love uh, connecting with you on IOA, IAOA, and I wish all of you captive agents that are about to take the leap uh, nothing but success. You've got a lot of people here that want to see you win. Can't think of a better way to end this episode. Uh, Jeremy Powers from Columbia, South Carolina. Thanks so much for being my guest here. And you guys, for uh, those of you that want to connect with Jeremy and and me and the other Freedom Jumpers, please take a moment and visit uh, Facebook uh, to join our Agency Freedom Podcast group. Uh, I am on there every day uh, trying to engage with people and, and build that AFP community of freedom jumpers because uh, whether you're still in the captive world if you're still in the captive world you're probably not going to join that group because then everyone will know hey wait a second what is this person <laughs> up to uh, but for those of you that are in the middle of your freedom jump or you have already jumped and you're looking just to, to grow together with like-minded people uh, that group is is great in addition to obviously IAOA. I'm a big fan of that one. The insurance syndicate is another good one. And there's, depending on what vertical you're in, there's probably lots of other groups out there as well that I'm not even familiar with. So, hey, as always, do me a very big favor, please uh, go ahead and like, uh, not like, that's like, share, comment. That's not even the right thing. Holy cow. This really is the end of the episode. I'm losing my touch here. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to Agency Freedom Podcast on your platform, whatever your favorite one is, whether it's Apple or Google or Spotify, whatever it is. Go ahead and subscribe and then leave us a review. Uh, if there's something that you're getting from this podcast, we're never going to charge for any of this stuff. Do me a favor, spend 20 seconds, leave a nice review. And third, most importantly, is please share this Agency Freedom Podcast with someone in the captive world who needs what we are talking about. We are going to help people break out of captivity and enjoy uh, the peak versions of themselves. Jeremy Powers, thanks for joining me, dude. This was great. Thanks. I really enjoyed this conversation. And that is a wrap. Uh, this has been the Agency Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, James Jenkins. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you soon. Take care.